Drop myself there. Most people know it's not a big deal. Fantastic. And, oh, uh, and I'm Theo. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Also a human name. <laughs> also a human name. Yes, totally I, human. I think. Um, I think this week. Um, I think we're going to try and talk about anxiety. Uh, I don't know if anyone has any experience with that, but that's probably the most common symptom I hear of probably across the human race right now mm. everyone has a has has a little bit of anxiety in them yeah, regardless and uh so i figured it might be a good thing to talk about also i i may have had a panic attack last week it's no big deal don't worry about it but uh yeah so i, I guess we didn't talk about how how we're going to do this beforehand did a did a you want to ask me questions like I did last week for you, or you just want oh. me to rant? Like I could also just rant for twelve minutes. I man, I'm all juiced so up. Start your rant, and I will question from there. Fantastic. Then that's then let's do that. So, the first thing I wanted to talk about is where I feel anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that would have been my first question. I Sean, feel. Where do you feel anxiety? right here and there's yeah, actually the spotify listener yeah yeah i'm rubbing my top boob is that a thing my my upper chest um <laughs> also <laughs> fine words yes it's, it's, no rules we can do do whatever we want yes um, top boob. <laughs> carry on okay so so anxiety um i usually feel it right here at the top of my chest um there's actually i don't know the name of the nerve off the top of my head but there are two nerves that run down right here um and they are a part of that that part of your nervous system that you are very likely to feel anxiety um i don't know if you've ever heard that um expression it feels like there's two live wires in my chest mm. um like when people are having either a stroke or they're having um a major attack of some sort and um i certainly feel it right there that's that's um sorry that derailed me for just a second it's fine i um i think that talking about anger last week was perfect because I think of anger as the, you know, as we said, the get shit done emotion or, or, or an emotion that sort of spurs you to some sort of action, you know, fight or flight, whatever. Um, anxiety for me really expresses itself as a suppression of action. It's usually the sit down and don't do anything for six hours and doom scroll TikTok emotion. If I was to classify it, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And um, I'm kind of experiencing an extreme version of that because I deal with with depersonalization, which is an anxiety disorder where your nervous system pushes your awareness outside of your person. So there's times where I am very anxious and feel several feet outside of myself and um, don't feel in control of my actions which is kind of a scary thing, you know, which, you know, exacerbates, you know, what I'm experiencing. It's kind of a, uh, 
you know, a feedback loop that if I don't catch it and if I don't do something about it can cause me to kind of like lose eight hours of my day. Um, hmm. And it's, uh, it kind of sucks and it kind of sucks. So the benefit of, of having this bad experience um, is that, is that I'm able to really, really explore what I do that fixes it. Because even the most aggressive medication that I have been um, that I have been given by doctors for this problem rarely ever takes the edge off for an appropriate amount of time. Um, it's something that is always persistent in my experience to some degree, even if it is just kind of a you know white noise in the background at this point, because um, because I've been dealing with it for so long. So, um, I see you're writing something down. Did, did I have, you have so a... many questions written down oh. already? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 then before I start with like how I deal with anxiety and like what I do to actually combat that experience, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll let you ask your questions. Yeah. Let's talk about what it feels like. So you talked a little bit about the physiological effects, right? About the live wires in your chest. Um, what other, because anxiety can look so different for so many people, what are there other physiological effects that you've recognized? Um, sl sleeplessness, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, racing thoughts, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, a <clears throat> sort of abundance of like... Um, I'm sorry, feeling like I need to leave where I'm at, mm -hmm. um, you know, regardless of whether I'm safe or not. And um, I generally get um, kind of, uh, I might classify it as like restless leg, you know, just kind of like I jitter, um, okay. which is um, something I experience a lot. And, uh, you know, that's really it for me. Um, I, I don't experience like nausea or anything, you know, affecting my internal bits very often, you know, mm -hmm. just like having to be very aware that my heart is going to race for the next two hours and I have to do something about it. I have to find a way to bring myself down from that experience. Um, because at that point for me, it really just becomes about, um, harm, harm, harm reduction, for what I'm experiencing, yeah. you know, and that might be like a really aggressive term to use for, for an anxiety attack. But I think, I think for me, that fits really well. Um, what, like, whereas like, it's going to happen, I don't necessarily have control over it. So what is, how can I deal with this as gracefully as possible to cause myself as little discomfort as I can manage through conscious actions? Mm -hmm. So you, you answered the other question a bit when it comes to like physiologically, you know, you talked about how you felt, how does it impact your mental well-being? Like you kind of started talking about that with like kind of jumping into um, either like this, like almost acceptance slash spiral of like, oh God, this is what it's going to be or this like fix it. Like I need to get out of here. Um, how do you think that it impacts 
your like mental wellness and then also are the differences in the way that it impacts it um, determined by perhaps like the catalyst to the anxiety? Uh, definitely. Um, okay. So like it is, it's not always, it's not always the same, but I definitely do experience like a flight or fight response. So it does make me more aggressive. It does make me occasionally, um, like if I'm going to say something really unwise and really dumb, or if I'm going to like tell you something that's like really, you know, unkind, it's going to be while I'm having that anxiety attack. And it's not really how, like, like, like it almost feels like the stakes of my life are ratcheted up to 10. You know what I mean? Where it's not, I'm not just a man talking to, you know, his friend on the internet. I'm a man at the precipice of his own destruction, you know, about ready to sail off a cliff. And that any word that I say that's out of place could, could, um, you know, spell spell disaster for everyone so there's all this pressure and it's like 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 it's really a compounding thing you know it adds difficult like like it adds a few levels of difficulty to everything that I'm doing like yeah. um just for instance before I was a uh like like I I I was an engineer and um after I became depersonalized I just couldn't do it it's just I could no longer do my job I can no longer function in that environment. And it's like wild that like, it, you know, a simple, uh, like, like a simple thing like that, that most people don't even know what depersonalization is. And it's like almost impossible to describe to other people. But like, that could be the difference between being able to function in your life and not. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's invisible. Like, imagine that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a, like a switch gets turned on in your in your nervous system and all of a sudden all of your life doesn't work like it worked before it's just wild yeah i don't know if that answers your question explicitly but yeah yeah i think that uh i mean when i think about like mental wellness or emotional wellness i think about like how my ability to like interact with the world you know when i experience anxiety i experience a lot of guilt um for the anxiety that I have and the way that it makes me navigate the world, you know, um, and here in this moment, not anxious, I know that that guilt is unwarranted, right? But um, in it, it's hard to identify the difference. And it sounds very similar to what you're experience, what you talk about experiencing around like, it's this flip that gets switched that you become kind of a different person. Um, or you don't navigate the world in the same way that you want to. Yeah. So you talked last week about your anger and kind of what it looks like, you know, the big angry dog. And so can you describe to me what your anxiety looks like? Mm, that's good because I actually haven't got that far. Mm -hmm. um, that anger situation is a relatively new addition to my life. Um probably within the last three months so I do I don't look at it in the same way I usually refer like like I usually treat all of me differently so it's not like hey anxiety I know you're just trying to like you know 
fuck up my afternoon real fast, you know, like, <laughs> make sure I, you know, I spend a few hours huddled in a corner somewhere or laying on the floor or whatever. But like, you know, I know you're just here to do something, you know, it's not quite like that. It, you know, like, 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 it's really like hand over heart. I know. Like, like, it's like acknowledging it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not really, um, bringing anything conceptual into it it's just acknowledging that it's here and trying to bring myself into awareness of as much of it as I can without you know really being mean to myself about it you know just being like you know or or there's like a meme that I share on Instagram like all the time and it's just like this little cartoon character it's like puff out your chest take a deep breath it's gonna be okay if it's loud in your mind just take your time you're gonna be okay it's basically like I do that to myself like 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 I know what I'm experiencing isn't the whole truth I know that what I'm experiencing is you know out of my control and I know and that doesn't mean I need to run from it that doesn't need I need to like you know be ashamed of it or be you know, feel like I'm broken, but it does mean that I can like, you know, be, be uh, aware, you know, be like, you know, compassionate to myself during that second, which, you know, again, is very general how I deal with it. Um, I think if, I think if I had a milder situation, it might be easier, but like, I, I really have to look at it that way because, um, like when it's really bad, it's almost like my entire experience is anxiety. And I'm in like a, you know, like, like, like a, a big old sphere around myself and it's all anxiety and it's all like too much and too sensitive and too, too bright and too something. Um, it, you know, like, like, it's almost like I'm standing in the sun and there's nothing I can do about it except sit there and like stare at the sun. And I'm like, why am I, do-? you know, I can't stop it. But, um, you know, it's just like a different experience in that sense, I guess. Yeah. I also have the benefit of like having anti-anxiety medication to take. So there is like a little bit of like, you know, I generally only ever have to like, you know, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. You know, you are, you're a wonderful human being floating on this rock through this, you know, you go through infinite space, whatever I say. Um, I only have to do that for about an hour and 15 minutes if I have a real attack. You know what I mean? I rarely have to sit with it for a, for a long period of time. Mm. Um, I don't have, unfortunately, the medication really doesn't do much for AIM <laughs> or, or, you know, other things. So, uh, you know, it's just like a little bit different. But um, so, like, I guess in that regard, I am fortunate that I have something that, like, I know can kind of, like, snap me out of it even if I'm not able to get myself there, but it still doesn't bring me all the way down. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it just brings it into like the realm of like, okay, I can deal with this. Or if it's eight o'clock at night, I can sleep or, you know, you know, whatever the case is. So you know, I don't know if that answers that question. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it answers kind of the, we talk about, um, being the observer, you know, um, and I wonder if I, I, it feels like it kind of answers that question of, can that apply here? 
and it doesn't sound like it really can maybe yet maybe just not you know um being able to kind of step back and look from the outside rather than you talked about you are anxiety you know rather than kind of what we can do with other things that we navigate I am not this thing I am experiencing this thing Uh. yes I so so for like a lot of this for me is like I um depersonalization makes it very difficult to to feel that space all the time there is Mm -hmm. times where I feel that space and there is space between, but there's a far larger number of times that I'm just kind of something weird out here. And so when I feel it, I'm a part of it, no matter what I do, it's very like, even while like meditating or even doing things that are meant to do that, you know, meant to help with that. It doesn't seem to be there for me. Cause unfortunately, like before it happened, I could do that. And I just can't always guarantee that, like, you know, the current configuration of Sean that's out here is going to be compatible with that. It's yeah. really one of the coolest things in the worst way possible. <laughs> I get to see that, like, consciousness is like a fluid thing. It's like, a, you know, like, our, like our awareness can grow and shrink and swell. And, like, there's days that, like, everything's very tight and, you know, kind of like, you know, a little bit more of my experience. And there's days where I'm just like in outer space and it's just really, you know, it's, it's kind of miraculous and beautiful in a strange way in a very, you know, nihilistic sort of (laughs) masochistic way. Um, But I feel like having that perspective has to be a benefit at least some of the time. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you have never been depersonalized, it's it's almost impossible to understand what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I could have never, I could have never, not for a second, described this to another human being in a way that made sense. It's just like, I like literally one of the first doctors I went to, I was just like, it feels like my soul is broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, sorry, sir, I don't have a pill for that. <laughs> don't think we're going to catch that on the MRI. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but an energy reader or something. Oh, you know what? The best way to describe it is it becomes more of a relationship that exists over the course of the week for me. It's okay. not like I don't deal with it in terms of like, you know, five minute spikes here and there. It's more like, treating myself in a way during the course of the week that like allows me to kind of like stay under that threshold mm-hmm. over the, you know, because if, if a bad thing happens on a Thursday, that effect is there till Sunday. Um, or, you know, it can, you know, last kind of cause, cause me to spike for several days. Um, okay. freaking blows, man. It's not a great, yeah, it sounds gnarly it's not a great well. time. But yeah. but it's 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 also if I ever if I ever stop being depersonalized, I'm gonna be a freaking Buddhist master over here with my blah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> like ultra meditating over here because it's gonna be so easy to oh, oh, you mean I'm not frozen in a cocoon of infinite anxiety? <laughs> Whatever, Yay. easy, easy peasy, who cares? So are there catalysts? Or do you feel comfortable sharing about what causes, what can cause those kind of spikes? Um, generally, the worst thing for me is confrontation. Okay. Like um, the place that I worked uh, was very combative 
So like, I just had to leave. Like, there's mm -hmm. just no, I didn't even have a choice. It's just, well, I can no longer be here, you know? So it, it really is like more about removing myself from situations that do not, that do not allow me to fully take care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what else? You know, you know, definitely being forced. So there, there's like an optimal flow of life, you know, like a lifestyle that I can have where if I put all my energy into dealing with my anxiety all the time, um, you know, that's a different, you know, that's great because that helps me maintain be relatively comfortable you know and I can have my wiggle room I can have rest days like you know after you know say say for instance if I spend a lot of time doing some something productive like this and then I edit it and put the thing up I might be a little bit low energy the next day and more susceptible to kind of being you know like you know feeling off just because I kind of spend it a little bit of focused energy on this thing and there might be some anxiety about does it sound good is the video okay you know all, you know, like you know all that stuff you know regular anxiety um but things that really would you know you know would be really difficult for me is if someone came into my room and they're like hey we need you to pack your stuff and move um to another room real fast <clears throat> Or like, we need you like, you know, like, like disruptions in my routine are very difficult. Um, okay. And that's kind of what I've noticed, but I don't know, you know, it, like, like it's mostly, it's made me really averse to assholes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's probably a common thread that a lot of people can relate to, you know, is, is and, and, and also the disruptions in routine. Um that's I know that that can definitely like spike my anxiety as well um confrontation also definitely um you've talked you started to talk a little bit about what you do right so I want to back that up just a little bit and say what have you done so I've I've tried a lot previously. of I've tried a lot of different things um so before making space reaching out to someone generally changing the frame of experience that I'm having right now. So maybe, you know, exercise is great. Um, perhaps, you know, things that kind of pump me up with a little bit of dopamine, not bad. Uh, you know, a YouTube video, uh, you know, a hot bath, some nice tea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff like that is definitely a positive, but like, the tactics that I employ now are much more like specific to what's working for me. And um, I'm, I'm going to describe them, but like they are very basic, but it's just, I cannot find anything that is like, allows me to be more comfortable. And um, the greatest ally I've ever found is laying on the floor. Mm. Oh, is it good? It's just, you lay on the floor and yet, and you're just like, Yes, the, you know, the earth. And it's just kind of like, I don't know if you have this experience, like when you're laying on the floor, but I, it's almost like your head is a teapot and you're slowly pouring the tea out the back of your head. And it almost feels like you're kind of like sliding back into the ground. And it's really just a really beautiful 
slow, like breathing practice that I do. And it helps quite a bit. Um, I also do, uh, you know, I rub down my legs, you know, like, like, you know, like, but that's a grounding thing. Um, I do TRE, which is um, kind of a bizarre thing. I don't know if many people listening to this will know what, know what it is, but I'll like, I'll briefly describe it, but it's basically you, you sort of really lightly fatigue your legs. So like you do some squats real fast, or you push your leg up against a wall, or you do some basic, just get some blood pumping and you lay on your back and you put your knees up and you kind of, um, um, what's a good way to put it? You like not invoke, but like you, you start almost involuntarily shaking and it kind of um is is a very deep part of our like evolutionary development where like i don't know if you've ever seen like a zebra running from a lion and it gets away like the zebra's legs shake um afterwards there's kind of this weird like tremor that it experiences mm -hmm. um it's the same thing it's like it's it's almost like a reset of your ner nervous system and i yeah. usually do that and um you know legs lower abdomen upper chest you know i can get like the whole like you know the whole shake going some you know occasionally and it's really good like it's really helpful um it's it's been um i, I have a friend online who uh who uh, got me into it and i'm really grateful to her she it's really been like a positive thing in my life um you know particularly for anxiety it it feels so good it's like really relaxing and like yeah. it's it's super nice so I mean like I'm gonna do it for like the rest of my old you know the rest of my days to yeah. some degree because it's just like like it just gets you ready for bed I always just feel nice and grounded when I crawl into bed afterwards so um I'm grateful I have done it I haven't done it laying like that laying down and like pulling my legs up but I do it standing I'll like start from my feet and just kind of like shake and then shake all the way up and like shake out my arms and it is um fantastic it's a great way to just like expend the excess energy that anxiety kind of st I get stuck in you know not like anger where I can like express it or expend it but like I get kind of just stuck in it and so it's a good I also um love doing that and it is yeah. really relaxing at the end of but the day but it's like that warm baths, um, su super basic stuff, you know, rock the old, uh, weighted blanket, make sure I'm, I'm limiting screen time at the end of the night. Um, I do, do play video games. So like playing video games and kind of like, um, it's kind of counterintuitive sometimes. Cause it kind of like ramps you up a little bit. It kind of, you know, sends a bunch of junk through your nerve you know your nervous system and uh sure um so it's like kind of limiting screen time before i go to bed is is good as well um i i'm such i'm so i'm such a like i'm pretty blessed right now because um i like wake up stare out my window into a very green for, like front like front yard of my house i Look at my tree. Oh, you're you know, little bond. so well. I know, man. Sir Twigs yeah. is really killing it, man. He's growing yeah. all over the place. Um, actually, unfortunately, I have to trim him back just a bit. But uh, um, 
but yeah, so so it's just like it's really about you know accepting that I'm going to experience this. And so it's really about creating the best possible environment, you know, for me to suffer as little as possible because I don't have a choice. It's just what I'm it's just what I'm going through. I have two questions left. Um, one of them is feels a bit out of order, but would you, I hear people talk about panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And do you feel like those are interchangeable or uh, distinct? I, I should probably call mine an anxiety attack because that's, that's really what it is. I, I don't know. A panic attack has more like perceptual like 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 i i'm not knowledgeable enough to be able to describe the but you know like the differences between the two but i know that what i'm experiencing is an anxiety attack because that's okay what i experience what do you want to break down a panic attack for me no i don't know uh i also i'm sure that there is like a definition wise difference maybe you know um i the only way I can make the distinction in what I experience is if is like usually judged by the catalyst, right? So it's like if I am experiencing general anxiety, uh, like last week or a week before last, I drank an energy drink um, before like too late in the evening and um, had already already been experiencing general anxiety for like a day or so. Um, and that was to me an anxiety attack because it was like the catalyst was anxiety. Whereas I think sometimes when I experience panic attacks, they are a result of like something that is maybe like undone, you know, something that I need to do or I haven't done, or it's like a sense of panic. So with it comes a sense of urgency, something needs to be done and I am either incapable or, um, or disinterested or whatever whatever caused the do you do you uh do you like for a panic attack in your mind do you get more of like a call to action out like out of it and most of mine is usually just suppression it's just like i want to move less yeah so yes and maybe um (laughs) like sometimes it's a call to action it's like sometimes it's something needs to be done you know um and sometimes it's something has been done and i need to fix it or feel bad about it or like you know like whatever my brain tells me i need to do with that at the moment you know this thing that was unfortunate um and yeah i don't think that um I don't think it's always a call to action though, because I think sometimes it is panic over like a past event, you know, Um, or even if there is a call to action, I'm incapable of that. And then that's kind of where I turn more into the guilt that I was talking about earlier. You know, like I have a lot of parent guilt that comes from anxiety, you know? Um, So it's like, I know that, uh, we need to like go outside and play, you know, or we need to like get something done around the house. Um, And I don't have the emotional or like physical energy to do that. Um, And 
So it needs to be done. There is a call to action, but I can't do it. And then I get panicked and then I feel guilty. And those things just kind of like reinforce one another. Mm, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. But uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for I sharing. Have, yeah, my last question. Um, what would it feel like if it was gone? Oh, are you kidding me? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be the happiest lad that's ever lived. I'd be. Yeah, I'd but be, what would it feel like? It would feel, it would feel nice, and dark, and deep blue, and just very grounded and very soft and very safe. It would almost feel like I'm, you know, I'm inhab like inhabiting a place that is safe everywhere I go and that's a that's a pretty good feeling that's that's kind of what I felt at the best when I was meditating it, it allowed me to get through a lot of life without you know without you know hacking on other people's nonsense um mm. and now I feel more like more sensitive to all those things so I'd, I'd definitely be more I'd definitely be 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 more outgoing be more likely to do things and make, you know, stuff like that. But to me, like, like when it's gone, that's what I think of is like that, just that deep blue grounded, dark little safe cave inside mm -hmm. yourself. But that's, I don't know if anyone else identifies with that. That's just me. That's just how my insides feel when they're real good. I do. I think you were... I identify with that. I think I was thinking when you were talking earlier um, that what similar to what you talked about with like your anger is to keep you safe. I have to think that sometimes my anxiety, what, what it's trying to do is keep me safe. Um, but it's actually this like catch 22 of it's making me feel unsafe and just like you talked about if it was gone I would feel safe um so it's interesting kind of that like uh I don't think it's a paradox but maybe you know the this thing that maybe I mean probably from a um like biological origin it could be a safety feature you know, of this, these meat sacks, but, uh, it's like many other things has gone like far askew, you know? Yeah. Really, really born at the wrong time in human history. If you wanted to avoid dealing with anxiety, <laughs> it's just part of the package. Like I've seen it. it's such a common thing. I imagine a hundred percent of the planet experiences it, you know, especially, you know, like, 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 so first off, you know, my, like my case might be more, you know, kind of an oddball, right? Because like, you know, a huge percentage of the nerves off the base of my spine are being pinched 24 hours a day and there's nothing I can do about it. And so like my nervous system is like stuck on freak out mode. Mm. It's like, it's like, Hey, 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 Sean, there's a problem. We got to do something about it. Like, and I'm like, I know, oh, I know I've been trying. <laughs> yeah. You know how many doctors I've gone to? Like, I'd really like to Fucking stop. Please. So many, so many. I, I've spent like uh, a lot, w w way too much money for what I actually got. Like, mm. but, um, 
you know, it's like, it's like, I know it's there to tell me something. It's just that my alarm switch is stuck on. Yeah. And, and I think that to a lesser degree or even perhaps a greater degree, a lot of people's alarm switches are stuck on mm-hmm. because, you know, there's like a natural rhythm. I, you know, this is a, you know, a Sean opinion. So this isn't a doctor, but like, I believe there is a natural rhythm of life that we are evolutionarily used to and that this natural rhythm has been disrupted by modern living. You're not meant to see flashing images in the palm of your hand six hours a day or sit in front of a computer six, you know, eight hours a day or hear 5,000 new ideas on Instagram every day or like, you know, you know, you're just not conditioned to that. So there's kind of a disruption to the status quo, um, you know, that your brain is expecting and that if, you know, can affect some people really adversely. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but so much as like um, we're experiencing a symptom that is a part of the growth we all collectively need to do to enjoy this modern lifestyle that we all, you know, with the, you know, at the end of the day is this, in you know, I don't know if we had this conversation about AI art, but like, I'm doing a lot of AI art stuff, man. And like, it's the power of God, <laughs> like any image in any style, in any aspect ratio with a paintbrush, with a pencil, with like, whatever, anything I want to see that I imagine I can see within five minutes, <laughs> like like that, that is an order of magnitude, more power than any human has ever, like has, has possessed in the last 500 years. Like I effectively, you know, um, aside from, you know, the, you know, the physical discomfort, I effectively get to, you know, in this one way with this AI art, I, I, I get to live like a king, you know, like I, especially right now I'm living with my parents. I just wake up, eat some food, ask if they need help with anything, come, come back to my computer, do like the adult things that I need to do for the day and then meditate and take care of myself and then create whatever images that I want to on the internet, which is, you know, like effectively living better than 99.99% of all humans in history. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, that's like a really interesting thing. Like, I don't know if it's good or bad or like, I'm not trying to make a point or anything like that. I'm just saying like, acknowledging that is, is like really, it's been like, I've taken like a, like it's really changed my perspective on like, you know, like I guess not changing my perspective because I probably had some of this perspective before, but it's like, you know, quality of life is is kind of where wealth is now, I feel. So. Yeah, I... I guess that's I agree I think some people would also agree um, but I definitely agree um, that that is where wealth is now I also what you said earlier about like being kind of like stuck to phones or computers all day is so just like counterintuitive to our bodies you know and for me my mental health you know I there was an ice storm here a couple weeks ago um, and being inside for multiple days in a row was very hard. Um, It was very like, I am a person who like 
wants to go outside barefoot and like touch grass every day, you know, um, and lay on the ground. Like I got up, it was 60 degrees here today. I got up, I like drug my yoga mat outside, did yoga in my backyard, like lifted weights, meditated, went on a bike ride this afternoon, painted like, and I feel lovely. Um, but it was last, it was when the ice storm was and I was stuck inside all of those days. I was spending more time on my phone. I was spending more time just like watching TV. Um, I tried to do things like I did art and we made fires and I made things and stuff like that, but still I was inside. And that was, it was after that weekend or that week that I started to experience kind of just the general anxiety and then I drank the energy drink and it was just like all bets were off man I was I went axe throwing um and like had a panic attack the whole way there right oh no got there and like I did the axe throwing and that was like at first I was a mess I was just like I don't know how you human um (laughs) and then I did the axe throwing and then I was like, okay, I feel all right. You know, I moved my body, like, and then I got back in the car and I went to go get tea and I like walk into the tea shop and like all of a sudden I'm crying. And it's like, I, it was just right back there, you know, um, which I also think I was taking like a melatonin supplement at night and I had some like aphasia a while back. Um, and they think it may be autoimmune related. Anyway, the melatonin supplement was like, hey, don't take this if you have an autoimmune condition. And I had been taking it for like definitely two weeks. <laughs> and so I stopped okay. that and I also got better after that. But anyway, that was a really long-winded way of saying that I think that that's a big part of it for me in particular especially in relation to anxiety is how much time am I spending outside? Um, How much time am I spending moving my body? Like not just for dopamine release and not just to kind of like distract, but to do the thing that I, I believe that my body was made to do. I don't think I'm supposed to be inside all the time. I don't think I'm supposed to be in front of a TV or a screen all the time. Um, And when I do, when I am, I experience the consequences of that, um, which is for me just like decline in mental health and wellness. For sure. I, I mean, don't get me started on how, like, like, and this is the wonderful thing about that, right? Like you are not meant for that, right? Like that is not where your optimal flow exists. Right. Not in my optimal operating condition. But, <laughs> but there's like, someone that has the opposite yeah you know what I mean and it's like I I've been like like it's just weird how for the last like 100 years we just like treat all these things we're experiencing as like everyone experiences the same thing and needs the same thing and it's it's such it's such like a spectrum of like how people interact with the world and what feels okay Mm -hmm. and what is like you know what is what is an avenue for them to grow and feel supported and like you know, okay with their experience. And like, like, it's just strange that like, uh, like, I don't know, I don't hear a whole lot of people talk about it. I'm sure someone's talking all over the place. About oh, it. yeah. My therapist was just talking earlier about that, you know, how we cannot cool. uh, just use the same framework for everyone. You know, we were talking about like, uh, attachment style, and attachment style is great and has helped a lot of people. 
but it also relies heavily on like uh primary caregivers and it's like for me I lived like with my grandma for a while or like originally with my mom then with my grandma and then with my mom again and so the parenting my primary caregivers were very different um depending on like my age range and it also just like it relies on monogamy and that's not everybody's experience either and so um it's using one framework as good as well as it might have been done as well researched and uh applicable as it can be it's just not for everyone not everybody needs to touch grass I don't touch grass, I lose my fucking mind. You know, there are people who stay inside for days and they are well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like everyone wouldn't benefit from going outside and touching grass every now and then. It's just sure. you, 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 that that's how you want to wake up every day. Yeah. No, I and... have, yeah, I spent all day. I put off things that needed to be done to just sit outside today. Oh, for sure. And like, and you know, it's, it's like, you know, some, like I would say the average internet nerd, which is my only frame of reference here. So my, you know, the average Sean bro or Rio bro online, I keep naming myself, man. I'm really fucking this up. Anyway, everyone knows what my fucking name is anyway. So um, the, um, you know, your average person might need to go for a walk a couple of times a week. You know what I mean? But like, that's like, you got to go for your morning walk and then you got to go for your evening walk, you know? Or, you know, you have to be outside feel, you know, feeling the wind and the sun to uh, recharge. And they, for, for them, it's the opposite experience. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. It's just yeah. like... It could be exhausting trying yeah. to be outside that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, like, I am probably one of those people that, like, the most I could ever do is, like, 25, 75. Mm. 25% of my day outside, 75% of my day inside. Perhaps I could get that up to 50-50. Um, but, you know, but it's like, that's just not what I respond to as a person. But mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that we're, you know, able to like still connect on going to, you know, going for a hike. It was not a gasp. It was a yawn. Sorry. No, but it's cool that we can still like go on a hike together. And like, it's cool that we can also hang out in your living room and meditate have inside. Tea. Yeah. And have yeah. tea. And like, you know, still experience those overlaps in our day. So yeah, it's, it's just, I, you know, just as you said, not everything's the same for everyone. And yeah. Well, and yesterday was also beautiful and I laid in bed and watched Last of Us and Buffy. And that was, I watched, I'm all caught up. Yeah. Episode five. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I tried it's to okay. say something. You know, man, it's okay. I feel all right. So, so like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a short trip to some Last of Us real fast. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Episode three was really affected me for a specific reason, or you know, a couple specific reasons. Episode Episode three. Yeah, was like was like really affecting. Um, Bill Frank. Yeah, Bill and Frank really affecting. I, you know, it's like that like idyllic love story through a through a lens that I wasn't used to seeing in the zombie apocalypse, and it was like needlessly adorable. Yeah, it was great. Right. Episode five affected me like a fucking sledgehammer to the chest, man. 
it was just like I walked away from that episode and I was just like I was like I can't remember the last time a, a, a thing that I've watched has just like devastated me because you want yeah. that to go a different way so bad well yeah well in episode four for me set it up to where I I I mean I will be frank <laughs> I'll be honest um that prior to episode three I was not really that into interested in last of us um and then even after episode three I didn't know I, that I would keep watching it because I really fell in love with Bill and Frank um and could care less about Joel and Ellie right and episode four changed that for me episode four is where I started caring about those two characters and so when the events of episode five transpired it was like I was now sad for them you know because they both lost something that they really needed yeah in that episode um I'm trying not to spoil it so bad. I know, but uh, also it's like how how interesting is it for us to talk about without spoiling? <laughs> I know, People I know. Are like I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't know what it's about, and now you guys. But I okay. But, so, but, but I think you're right because they both lost that like that like person to be empathetic about their cause, you know. Yeah. And I mean, Ellie and the other kids interactions are just the cutest like 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 you got to see her like perhaps be a kid for like the first time in her whole life yeah which you I think you did start to see a little bit bit of that in four it was her softening and her like childlikeness that really kind of was like okay like drew me in a bit more I think um because both of them both Joel and Ellie softened a little bit in four yeah yeah the jokes yeah dad jokes oh my god so precious see i knew you would like joel and ellie eventually yeah no now i'm obsessed and i'll watch it always like i was after we finished episode five because we just binged both of them because greg had been working so much and i was uh in chaos mode um pedro pascal is so papa Oh my gosh. Everybody, Greg was saying yesterday, like the future of film is just going to be Pedro Pascal, like <laughs> saving some child <laughs> like, yeah. at the end of the world. That's it. That's yeah. all, every, it's all we want to see. And I like, you know what? I'd be okay with it for a time. Right. For a time. <laughs> It'd just be like Pedro Pascal makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in a shed. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh man. I feel so safe. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, Pedro, I want to grow up to be just like you. Mm. An emotionally dead inside man ferreting around a young child across the... Wait, no, I don't. Or galaxy. <laughs> or galaxy. I take it back. You know, the metaphor is not perfect, but, but you know, the enthusiasm, <laughs> I think, makes sense. The enthusiasm. <laughs> but but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you saw that. Like, 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 and I also, I appreciate you talking about it because this is kind of a nice break from the death march of the anxiety conversation, which I think was great, but yeah, very real. Yeah, it is, man. I, and I think that you're right. Everybody, everybody that I know experiences it to some degree. Um, I think it looks a lot of different ways for different people. I think people do different things with it. Um, something that I, spent time with this week was just learning how to um 
do the thing where I asked where like take a step back and be the observer with my anxiety, you know, and I try to ask myself questions like, well, because sometimes there's a fear that's correlated to the anxiety. Like, what if this happens? And I ask, I try to take that step back, be the observer and say, well, what if this happens? You know, and sometimes it's like, I have to go pretty fucking dark and deep down that hole, man. But it'll be all right, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think so, so. I don't know. Also, is there learning how to process? Yeah. Like, I was trying to think, is there like a, I suppose I described some of like the negative things that, you know, the negative interactions you can have with other people while experiencing anxiety. And kind of like how how that expresses to people is like shortness or like as like disinterest in them or like, you know, they can take it a bunch of different ways or like, um, you know. Um, or they can take responsibility, which I think sometimes that's one of the things that I sat with this week was thinking about how do I rather than make my anxiety someone else's responsibility, you know, um, to deal with or, or whatever, you know, even to just like inhabit space with, um, how do I remove that responsibility and take it on myself and not in this, oh, you need to be doing better, you fucking shit kind of like narrative, but instead it's like, okay, well, what do I need? What do I need right now? yes um, what do i need in the future what new agreements or boundaries or parameters do i need how are my values changing right what, yeah i think that um because it can it can come out all kinds of ways that other people right it, and it's not their fault no it's not <laughs> anything yeah like 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 i'm really thank you very much for bringing that up because i um or for making that point, because like, I kind of understand that because of sort of spending as much time around people in recovery as I have, but like, mm -hmm. that might not be, yeah, that's great to, that's great to talk about because, because it is my responsibility to remove myself from situations, to set boundaries, to do whatever I need to do um, for me, to care for me, because, you know, when I get better, I get to take that better out into the world and experience better and give better and like, you know, right. be, be, you know, the happy go, go lucky free Sean that I know is going to arrive someday. And um, that's kind of, that's a really good point to make is like, not to take, you know, like, like, I wonder if you ever had like a, like an amends or, you know, for something, like, have you ever apologized to like, like, I'm sure like I've apologized to people that I was anxious around, but, but like, is there like, like, is there like a, a proper way to like, let people know that, that they're like, like, Hey, this is just something I deal with. Like, you know, no offense, you know, or, or like, is that even necessary? I don't even know. Like, like that's new territory for me. Yeah. So when my anxiety involves another person, um, and it's like maybe something that does need to be like talked about, um, I have a couple options and I think that one, I can process on my own and come back to it, which for me can be hard to do. You know that I, uh, 
I have no poker face. Um, so if, if something is amiss, like, and, and I'm around, people are going to know, man. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. so <laughs> like, like other... I've only, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I've only been your friend for like a couple of years. Um, yeah. For, for, yeah. We're creeping up on three, but I'm usually just like, like, Oh, my Theo senses are tingling. What's going on? Like... <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, because I don't, unless I can just like not interact for a bit and have that space to really process on my own, which does happen sometimes. The other thing that I've kind of put into practice is asking, um, do you want to hear my unprocessed emotions? Do you want to hear like my raw unprocessed emotions? Um, and it's asking people if they have the space for that, you yeah. know, because they're messy and I, I prefer that over just like, not talking about it, um, not communicating what I need to, um, especially if it's a relationship that, because in a lot of cases with anxiety, I personally don't give a shit if my anxiety makes you uncomfortable. Um, I am pretty diligent about like not causing harm with it, but if I'm anxious, you're aware, and that makes you uncomfortable, that's probably your responsibility to manage. Uh, my anxiety is my responsibility to manage. But if it's a, if it is a relationship that I am invested in, like I'm talking about strangers in that context, if it's a relationship that I'm invested in and maybe my anxiety does have real-life consequences or impacts on them, um, then I would prefer to communicate that. And sometimes that communication is messy. And so rather than just jumping into the communication that is messy, I try to ask if they have the space or the or if they want to hear my unprocessed. Um, and then sometimes just recently, I'm even getting into a practice of saying, like, I don't, like, I'm anxious or I'm processing something and I'm not ready to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, because. I... Okay. Oh, just. Because I think that it's easy to slip into the, for me, like, uh, because of the guilt that I experience around anxiety and because when I'm outside of it, I know that it's um, unwarranted. It's really easy for me to slip into like, oh, just don't be anxious and just like, just meld into the atmosphere and like try to try to make it work or mask or whatever, you know, um, and I'm kind of done doing that part. Yeah. Um, so no, I, think that was, good. I don't know that that answered that question but there's a lot of words for you no it, <laughs> it really did and I was thinking like um earlier this week because I had this anxiety attack I kind of like dumped on this person about like hey this is why I did this you know this is just what's happening to me you know? and it's just like how unskillful that is and like you know potentially like it's so much nicer and like a sign of respect to be like hey I would like to, you know, share this with you, but I would like your, you know, your, you know, you have to give me permission first because, mm -hmm. you know, or it seems, it seems like people that are not interested in you as a person, that's probably a pretty quick way to also sort those out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, just like, <laughs> like I imagine they're just like whoosh, gone. Because <laughs> you're like, like, hey, do you want to talk about something like really emotionally difficult that might take your attention? And then you don't well, gotta worry about it. And and not only that, I, I think that part of the asking is um being respectful of like I like I love Definitely. you, Jared. Or 
what? I love you, Rio. And I always want to hold that space. Sometimes I do not have the bandwidth, you know? Um, And so I think in the asking, it's like asking people if they have the space right now. Because if I am also like shaking, crying outside of an axe throwing venue um, and you call, I may not have it. You know, I, I would say I would love to hear about this in two hours, t- two to 24 hours. You know? <laughs> yeah. I swear there's been some stuff that like you had like mentioned in passing and then I'm like, oh, really? OK, well, tell me about that thing. And you're like, oh, I'm not prepared to talk about that yet. Yeah. And I'm always just like, oh, oh, well, thank you. Like, that's, like, that's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of those, a lot of that stuff, like, might sound kind of like awkward or like perhaps needless or like overly sensitive to some people. But like, I always view that as like a really pleasant way to like respectfully communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And like, it always like makes me feel like, I am like valuable enough as a human in this equation that you would like, you know, make that, that step to say those things. Like I never take it as like a negative and uh, it was just different. I'm yeah. Well, the, from my experience with humans, um, some people, when they ask things like are you okay or like how are you feeling about this or you know some version of that question um they don't always want to know they want me to behave differently they want me to feel better so that they're less uncomfortable um and I get that I I want to be comfortable sure you know um but I like I said earlier am in a season of life where I'm kind of done altering my behavior that I am is that is intentionally not harmful you know um I feel I trust myself that my behavior is compassionate and loving uh most of the time you know um and so I am kind of in a space where I'm done changing that behavior just to ease someone's comfort level Um, because I'm not okay sometimes and that's all right. I will be okay, but I also like am just in it. I'm doing the human fucking experience, man. And that's going to mean sometimes I'm anxious and sometimes I'm mad and sometimes I'm sad and sometimes I'm scared. And sometimes I'm like fucking balls to the wall, happy. Like I was on my bike today and like, I I don't want to. It sounds so like cliche and very like trendy right now, but I'm like, I don't want to dilute it, you know? Um, well, sure. And, and like, you know, there's like also another side of that coin where, where you're like, um, if you're a type of person that is used to being the person that makes people feel better, <laughs> that that's like, oh, I'm not doing my job. What's wrong? Like, yeah. like are you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's like such a strange, it's such a strange thing being alive, isn't it? I uh... relate. (laughs) I have definitely been the person that makes people feel better. Um, And I'm, man, you know what? 
that sounds like a negative thing or like shitty or catty or whatever to say. I love making people feel better. Who doesn't? Um, I love that it's a skill of mine, you know, that I I make people feel safe and comfortable and I hold space and I do all those things. I am just now trying to offer that same thing to myself. Yeah. And, and, and also, I mean, I imagine that like, because there's so many different flavors of what people, you know, may, may, maybe that person, their process is to feel better themselves, yeah. you know, or to make themselves feel better or to deal with it on their own terms. You know, there's like, you know, just cause you can apply that doesn't mean that that, you know, it's. Maybe it's robbing people of an experience. Rob, robbing people of of that sort of self-empowerment that comes from that of yeah. you know the uh what do you call it like like I like I had a really good term I used a couple years ago was was like um like no thank you I can self-regulate my own emotions man <laughs> like like where 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 like you just be like oh man it's nice that you don't come over here and dump on me or you know use me as like a trauma sponge or whatever because like you know occasionally I I I have those experiences and I'm like, or, or you're like, you know, sorry, this thing happened. I don't mean, you know, that you were, you know, had to see, you know, normal human behavior or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, uh, don't worry. Um, I'm a, excuse me, ma'am. I'm an adult. I, I can emotionally regulate myself. Thank you. I'm yeah. just going to be on my phone for a few minutes. Don't mind me. Just like Instagram <laughs> or something, you know, like whatever the case may be, you know, I, I say that in a joking way. I don't mean that to, you know, come off callous or whatever, but it's just like, um, like, I don't know. I think there's like, you know, like an intuitive way to know that, but also you have to understand that you're just going to make those, you know, and it's like talking about it and being like having the language to like express and having the empowerment to express what you want from, you know, situations that helps that a whole lot. Yeah. But man, I got I got deep. I like it. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Me too. Real deep. Real deep. <laughs> man, <laughs> I, man, I feel I feel really good about that. I think I think that's a great place to stop if you don't mind. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh I think I'm gonna make myself some tea and do some do some of my stretchies and play some Vigia games and fall asleep. So, Vigia so. games. Yeah. I, uh, well, um, I guess to be, you know, to put us back in there. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been uh, Rio and Theo episode six, five. Numbers aren't important. Not anymore. <laughs> we have <laughs> enough episodes that we don't have to number them. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to be like, this was episode 472 one day. God, that'd be I such can't... a pain in the ass. Oh, no. Well, I <laughs> but... love you all. And I... Time. I love you all, too. I also love you, Theo. I hope you have a great night. Yeah, man, I love you, too. Good night. Adios. Ooh.